Um, you ever thought about your brothers and sisters around the world that don't have that luxury? Uh, you got uh, brothers and sisters in Christ in Muslim-ran countries that cannot do what you're doing right now. You got brothers and sisters in Christ in communist China that can't do what you're doing right now. I want to encourage you uh, with uh, all the pressure that comes with this time of year to maybe just step back from all the to-dos and all the events and just stop and say, Lord, thank you for what I have. Uh, I think what you'll learn is that you truly are blessed. I'm going to talk to you about a Christmas blessing this morning. And what I mean by that is uh, the Lord shows up to someone and tells them you're blessed. Now, it's one thing when you say, I'm blessed. And it's one thing for me to say, Brother Gideon, Gideon, you're blessed. You're blessed with amazing hair, Gideon, amazing hair, right? It's one thing for me to say that. It's another thing for God to show up and say, you're blessed. And you know what you ought to desire? You ought to desire that. You ought to desire for God to tell you you're blessed. Uh, look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Look, if you would, at verse number 26. Talked about Zacharias and Elizabeth last Sunday. Going to talk about Mary uh, today. Uh, look at Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said to her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I'm going to tell you right now, if you get favor with God, you got a good thing going for you. Uh, look at verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. You're not going to call him Joseph. You say, why? That's not his father. You're going to call him Jesus. Why? Because his father says, Jehovah saves. Amen. And there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved outside the name of Jesus Christ. He shall be great. And he should be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary and the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Gideon, good to have you here from Bible school visiting. If you would open up, us up in a word of prayer, sir. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Uh, I want to point out that uh, Mary is a great picture of you as a believer. And what I mean by that is this. There are seasons of life where God is working and doing things. And the truth is, we don't always understand it. And let me just say this much. If you understood everything that God was doing, you know who you would be? You'd be God. And there's a reason why you don't understand everything that God is doing. Uh, God designed it that way. That's why we have to have faith. Now, I, I want you to understand, God wants to work in your life. God wants to show you things. God wants to move. God wants to use you as a vessel to be a blessing to others. 
And let me say this right now. Uh, the, the, the reason that God pours into us is not for self-contained reasons. God pours into us so we can then go out into a lost and dying world and pour it into them. Uh, the, the problem with a lot of believers is they walk around saying, I'm waiting for a blessing, waiting for a blessing. You've got a blessing already in Christ. The question is, what are you doing with what God has given you? And are you willing to dispense it on others? Listen, uh, God, uh, the way that, that oftentimes Christians think when I, they say things like this, I'm so blessed, is they think I've got a car that's running out, I've got a home roof over my head, i got clothes on my back. And let me just tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. Thank God for those things. I am thankful that everybody came in clothes today. Amen. Right? I'm thankful you had food. I'm thankful you have a roof over your head. Thank God for all those things. But I want to talk about spiritual blessings in Christ. Uh, the Bible says we are seated together with him in spiritual, in heavenly places. And he has given us spiritual blessings. I'm talking beyond the paycheck, beyond. And those are all good things. I don't want to take away from that. Thank God for that. But, but as American Christians in 2023, let's be honest. When we talk about being blessed, I got to raise that work. I got this in my 401k. I got this. I'm blessed. Listen, beyond this life, you are going to leave all of that behind someday. You take none of that with you. It doesn't mean you can't prepare. It doesn't mean you don't have retirement. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying you don't take it with you. The blessings I'm talking about are eternal in nature. And they transcend beyond this life. And in this story, the Lord reveals something to Mary, and, and, and it's a great message that he brings her. And I see a, a great picture of a, of a Christian that says, Lord, what do you want to do with my life? And, and listen, I, I remember being a young person, go, Lord, who do you want me to marry? And, and what do you want me to do? And what's my calling? And what's this? And listen, for the rest of your life, you are going, if you're walking with God, you ought to be asking, Lord, what next? What do you want? There's nothing wrong with that. But I want you to understand, you will not be in a place to get it if you're not doing what God's already shown you to do. Can I point out to you, the Bible says she did not know a man. You said, what does that mean? She was pure. You know what that tells me? You want to walk with God, have some purity in your life. You want God to talk to you and, and reveal things to you? Do right with the knowledge that you already have. Now, notice that she calls herself, look at verse 38. She calls herself the handmaid of the Lord. You know what a maid does? You know what a, 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 a waiter or a server does? Uh, they wait. They stand by. Lord, what's next? Lord, what's next? Lord, what's next? I'm the handmaid. Lord, whatever you say, I'm waiting. I, I can be humble. I, I'm nobody. I'm not a big name. You know who Mary was? Her name means bitter in Hebrew. You know what she's going to taste a lot of in her life? Bitterness. She doesn't even know all that's ahead. But think about the blessing that she brought to mankind because of submitting to God's will. You know, everybody says, I want God to use me. Are you sure about that? Do you know what comes with that? God, I want you to work in my life. God, I want you to move through my life. I want to be a blessing. If you want to be a blessing, take some notes. She's humble, Lord, uh, whatever you want. I'm just the handmaid of the Lord. I don't need a title. Listen, no one knows who Mary is. She's a, she's a nobody in her day and age. Are you willing to be a nobody for Jesus Christ? My name's not going to get written in the sword of the Lord or the Bible Believer's Bulletin or the 7,000 that haven't bowed the knee that Brother Gibb puts out in his letter. My name's not going to get put out there. You, know, you don't need that. You know what you need? You need to be a nobody for Jesus Christ. Lord, your handmaid stands by. You know what? I, I think it's amazing. I've met some, some, some men that, you know, I want to do something great for God. And, and you know what that really means in their mind? I want people to know who I am. You know what? I've seen some women in church that, man, they quietly serve. I don't want to point people out, but, man, we got people that go to nursery when it's not their job. we got people that go downstairs when they don't have to go downstairs when this get, uh, place gets too full. You know what that is? I don't need notoriety. I just want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be used of God. Can I say it's going to take some faith? Look, if you would, at verse number 38. She says this, uh, be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, oh, whatever you say, Lord. You know what that is? That's what, that's what I put in the category of easier said than done. Amen. Lord, whatever you say, Lord, yeah, that, that sounds good until you're going through it. Now, look at verse number 39. Can I just point this out? You want God to reveal some things? How about some curiosity on your part? You know what the Lord does? He tells her about Elizabeth, her cousin. So you know what she does? She goes, I'm going to go see this. I want to see this for myself. 
You know what that is? That's someone that has what I call holy curiosity. Lord, I want to learn more about that. Lord, what is that all about? Lord, I'm going to take aside from my schedule and my stuff and look into some things that are eternal in nature. This matters to me so much, I'm putting my life on pause, on timeout, to go check this out. That's what Mary did. You want God to show up? Uh, let, me, let me point this out as well. The angel that shows up, we know what his name is, right? What's his name? I had a brother named Gabriel. Every time I, thought, I read this, I laughed. Because I'm like, he's not an angel. You know what he say about me? You're not either. <laughs> but you know what the angel Gabriel is? He's a great, great picture or something. Uh, he only shows up a couple times in the Bible. I want you to go back to the Old Testament. Look at Daniel chapter 8. If Mary's a picture, if you will, of the believer, then, then who is this angel? What is, he, what is he a picture of? Now, I want to be clear. Things that are a picture of something are not that thing. For example, next Sunday, we're going to baptize a few people, and they're going to get down in the water. They're going to come back up. You know what that's a picture of? That's a picture of the old man being buried and a new man being raised to walk in newness of life. That, isn't exa- that, that is not the action that, 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 that uh, uh, saved them. What saves them is trusting Jesus Christ. What that is is a picture of that thing. When I get them in the water, they're not getting their sins washed away. It is a picture of the sins being washed away. Does everybody get that? So, so look, when we talk about pictures in the Bible, Mary's a picture of the believer in this story. Who is this angel a picture of? Look at Daniel chapter number eight. And uh, Daniel's got some, some things that are troubling him. He's trying to figure some things out. Uh, look at Daniel chapter eight. Look, if you would, at verse number uh, 15. It came to pass when I, even Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. You know what you ought to do as a Christian? Lord, what does this mean? Well, what do you want? You realize that's a good thing to do as a Christian? Well, what is this thing going on? What, what does this mean, Lord? What, what, how am I supposed to interpret this? All right. Uh, Soften the mean. Then behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, what did he say? Make this man to understand the vision. That's what every woman prays for her husband. Make this man to understand. Amen. So, so, so Gabriel comes to help him understand. Look at verse 17. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face. But he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Now, as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground, but he touched me and set me upright. And he said, Behold, I will make thee, what's the next word? You know what? That's a great picture of the work of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. You know what the Holy Spirit does? He shows up to remove doubts. He shows up to confirm things. The Holy Spirit, you know what he does? He touches you and sets you upright. He says, I'm going to help you understand what's going on in your life. I'm going to intercede on your behalf to the Father, and I'm going to work on his behalf in your life and show you what's going on. Listen, you should not be walking through the Christian life never having any understanding of what God wants to do with your life. Yes, there's an element of moving forward when you don't get everything, but you should be able to say, Lord, I see your hand in my life. The problem with Christians is this. When bad things happen and when things go on they don't understand, they just see everything under the sun and humanly. They blame other people because they don't see that maybe God is actually working in my life. Maybe God is doing something that I don't completely understand, but I want to acknowledge his hand. Can I say it like this? You ought to desire God's fingerprints all over your life. The Bible says, uh, talking about the hand of God, it talks about the finger of God coming down and, and writing on that wall. It talks about the finger of God, Jesus Christ, getting down and on that ground, scooping down and writing something in the ground. And, and all those Pharisees dropped their stones and walked away. It talks about the finger of God writing in those tablets of stone. You want to desire God's hand. That is the blessing of God. When God touches something, it's blessed. We walk into church, that glass door. You know what you see right away? About two feet off the ground, handprints. And they're not us old people. We're too, you know, getting to the point where we can't bend down anymore and get back up. Bending down is not a problem. It's how do I get back up? And, and these kids, you know what these kids do when they come, they come to the door? Listen, if, it doesn't matter what, if you've got glass, if you had 20 pieces of furniture and 19 of them were wood, the kids would want to touch everything that's of glass. And, and you know what we have now? Olivia, she goes and goes and talks to the dog. And he's, da-da! Da-da. And she puts her hands like this. And you know what, Lacey has to just come back and wipe it all down. You know what those prints are? They're a reminder that there's a little, little kid walking or running around the house. You know what the handprints of God are in your life? It's a reminder that God's working. Amen. Instead of always wiping that away, say, Lord, keep touching. Lord, keep putting your hand on this. Lord, it, it, to me, it kind of looks like a mess. I want to wipe it clean, but it's a reminder that you're there and you're doing something in my life. 
Look at Daniel chapter 9. Go one chapter later. I'm just trying to set this up. Give me just a moment to set this up so you understand where I'm going with this. This angel is a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. Daniel chapter number 9. Look, if you would, at verse number 20. You want God to reveal some things to you in your life. How about starting with confession? How about instead of starting off saying, God, would you kill this person? And God, get rid of this person. And God, would you? And Lord, you know what their problem is? Lord, you know what their problem is? Saying, Lord, it's me, it's me, it's me. Uh, Look at Daniel chapter 9. Look, if you would, at verse number 20. Daniel 9, verse 20. And whiles I was speaking. Miss Cindy, you like that? Whiles I was speaking. Amen. That's Southern right there. And whiles I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin... And the sin of my people of Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was spe- whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man who, whom I had seen the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. You know what we're saying? Lord, would you touch us? Because when you touch things, they get better. They may, they may initially look like they're hurting, but Lord, over time, when you touch something, it's a better thing. Uh, you know what the problem is? Some of you don't want God touching your finances. And you don't want God touching your marriage. And you don't want God, and you don't you go, God, you can touch this. It's almost like baby proofing the house. I'm going to God proof my life. You can do this and that, but over here, don't touch that. That's the problem in your life. I want God to bless me. God's not going to bless you when you got taped off rooms of the house and say, God, you can't go in those rooms. You ought to be able to say, God, go anywhere you want, touch whatever you want, look at my phone whenever you want. God, put your hands on everything in my life because without that, I don't have your blessing. Let me just say this, there's a way to go about the blessing of God in your life. Great story of Jacob and Esau, but can I just remind you before I get to that, the work of the Holy Spirit is to teach you all things. I look, if you would, at verse number 22 in this chapter, notice he says this, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. In the very beginning of the verse, he says, he informed me. That's the work of the Spirit of God in your life. Look at verse 23, the Bible says in the middle of that verse, I am come to show thee. That's the work of the Spirit of God. Look at verse 23 at the end of that verse. For thou art greatly what? You know what you are, Christian? You are the beloved of Jesus Christ. You know what the Holy Spirit, I said this in Sunday school, I'm going to say it again. You know what the Holy Spirit God reminds you of? Your position in Christ, that you are greatly beloved. You know what an unclean spirit reminds you of? You know what the devil reminds you of? You said this. You did this. You're no good. This is who you are. You're never going to change. That's the work of the devil in your life. The work of the Spirit of God is to come in and go, hey, ignore all that clatter and all that noise and all that junk and all that, that, that yelling you hear in the background. Ignore that voice. That's not of God. I want you to remember who you are because of me. The wrong spirit makes it about you. The right spirit makes it about God. You see that? He says, thou art greatly beloved, and he brings him this, and he confirms things for Daniel. That's what the Spirit of God does. The Bible says in John 16, don't turn there. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will show you things to come. That's what God does in your life through the Spirit of God. That's why in the Old Testament, a seer was a prophet that could see what God was going to do in the future because God had revealed it to him. Listen, you know what you ought to have in your life? A little bit of vision. You know where that comes from? The Spirit of God showing you things. Do you realize you can't separate that from the words of God in your life? Lord, I want to be blessed. He's going to touch some things. Lord, I, 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 blessed art thou, right? Lord, I want your blessing. And oh, by the way, you know who else tells Mary that she's blessed? Elizabeth. Can I just say this? If you're waiting for someone else to tell you, and that's what you need, you're never going to be happy. You need to hear it from God. It's all right for someone else to confirm what God already says, but if you're like, I just need someone to show me, that my, I, need, I need someone to confirm and to prove and, and give me the, 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 that affirmation that I need. I love these things. Talk to yourself in the mirror and give yourselves affirmations. I am beautiful. I am handsome. No, I'm fat and old. You know, I am wonderful. I just tell yourself how wonderful you are. No, no, no. His name shall be called wonderful. The mighty God, the everlasting. Listen, the prince of peace. That, that's not for me. If you've got to affirm yourself and tell you how wonderful you are, you're missing the boat. It's not about you. It's about him. <laughs> the blessing comes from him so you can be blessing to others, but it all goes back to him, not you. You know what Jesus says to Peter? Blessed art thou. You know what it's associated with? For flesh and blood hath not revealed unto you. You know what a blessing is? When God shows you something. But my Father which is in heaven. 
I love the song, when he moves among us and all that he does, all of his mercy and all of his love, if the pen of a writer could write every day, even this world could not contain how I've been blessed. I have been blessed. God is so good to me. You know, the very first book of the Bible, it says that God blessed them. And he said unto them, talking about Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. God's blessing is associated with God communicating. You know what God's not satisfied with? God is not satisfied with us wandering through life being disconnected from him. And and listen, I understand. We're going to get to this. There's some things you're not going to understand about the Christian life, and not everything has to make sense. But man, you should not be wandering through your life as a believer with no sense of direction and no sense of purpose. That is not how God works. God shows up to bring clarity and direction. Are there going to be questions about the next step? Absolutely. But God does not want you living in this sense of darkness and and always having this pressure of, I don't know, I don't know. God comes and what he does, he brings comfort. He says, even if you don't know, I am with you. God's communication and God's approval are found connected with the blessing of God. How about when he tells Abraham, I will bless thee, and I will bless him that bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Jacob and Esau, great story. And you know what I think? I, I think God puts this stuff in there to show us something. Because you, have, you have two different extremes. You parents ever had kids that are just extreme opposites? And you're like, why can't you guys be more, you know, when God makes everyone different and all that, we need to value that. But some days as a parent, it's frustrating. It's like, who wants, who wants to eat? I do, I don't. Yeah. Who's hungry? I am, I'm not. <laughs> who wants dessert? Oh, I can't, I want some. Yesterday I had the more boys, and boy, they could pack away the food, man. And, <laughs> and, and all I could see, little, little Jake, little tiny Jake, yeah. man, like this, little Jake. What's up, preacher? <laughs> little Jake. He's like, he says, uh, Pastor, can I have ice cream? Like, he just ate a whole meal. I looked over at Preston. I said, you want ice cream? Oh, no. His little Asian belly was so full. He had those chicken nuggets and fries or whatever it was, that sandwich. He had number one. He had down all that soda, ate that sandwich, ate those fries. And he said, in Jesus' name, took the last fry. Amen. He was done. But some kids, man, I want more. I want other kids. Oh, I'm so full. You can't get them always on the same page. Uh, Jacob and Esau are, are an interesting case study because Esau's like the high school varsity football player. You know, he's got, he, he smells like a man. He acts like a man. You know, Jacob was mama's boy. He ran behind mama. You know, mama's quilting and Jacob's in the house quilting. His brother's out there hunting, you know. That's what the Bible says. Esau's a man of the field. And Jacob's, I mean, listen, why, if you don't believe that, why is it that when everything kind of goes down, uh, right away, Jacob is close enough to his mom to hear mommy say, I've got an idea. You know why? Because Jacob was a mama's boy. He didn't like getting his hands dirty. He didn't like being outside. Esau was like, man, leave me alone. I'll go hunt. I'll go fish. I'll kill anything you want. I'll dress it. I'll cook it. I'll bring it back. He's a man's man. Jacob, not so much. You know what you have also? Another extreme there. Jacob says this. I'll do anything I have to do, including denying my own integrity and God's righteousness to get a blessing. Esau, on the other hand, could care less about the blessing to begin with. Let me just say this. You don't want to be either of those men. You ought to desire, as Jacob desired a blessing, you should desire God's hand on your life. But you want to go about getting it the right way. You don't want to look over your shoulder and go, did I push for that? Did I manipulate? Did I make it happen? Did I force it? You also don't want to be Esau that goes, eh, who cares? You know what Esau does the first time he's hungry? He goes, man, uh, Jacob goes, hey, man, if you sell me your birthright, and he sells it to him for a bowl of beans. You know what that is? That's the modern Christian. Your approval over God's, sure. Your acceptance over God's, Sure. Uh, your direction for my life over God's, no problem. Anything, listen, I'll sell out. You say, what is that? I have no desire for spiritual blessings. I'm telling you, your beauty fades. Your strength fades. Your money goes away. The economy tumbles. It goes up, it goes down. You know what does not fade? The things that you hold on to for eternity because of Jesus Christ in your life. Those things are real. The Bible says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Can I say this about Esau? In that story, he cries and he says, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Christian, let me tell you this right now. I love you. I'm not trying to hurt you. 
But some of you are so stuck in the routine of the flesh, you're going to get to the judgment seat of Christ one day and go, God, is there not something left? You know what the Lord's going to say? All I could do is work with what you gave me. It's a great picture of a Christian that sells out for what they can get right now, not thinking of what they could have in the future. You know what else is a great picture of? If you're here without Jesus Christ and you're lost and on your way to hell, and you're going to say one more time, God, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. Don't you have a blessing? I heard, you're, I heard you're a God of love. If you're a God of love, would you give me one more chance? And when you take your last breath, there is no one more chance. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. If you reject, listen, you don't go to hell for drinking or, or shooting or murder or lust or pornography or any of that. You know what you go to hell for? You go to hell for not doing something. You don't go to hell for something that you did. You go to hell because you reject Jesus Christ. You say, I've got my own righteousness. I was uh, uh, baptized as a kid. I try to live a good life. I, I, I treat my neighbor right. Blah, blah, blah. Fill in the blank. You know what you're doing? You're saying, I can handle it my way. I'm Esau. I can figure it out the world's way. But there's coming a day when you're going to say, God, one more chance. One more chance. Would you give it to me? Even though I know I blew it. And the Lord's going to say, I gave you every chance I could for those 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. This is the time to seek the blessing of God. In eternity, it's too late. Can I point out a few things here that we learned? Look at Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter one. Luke chapter 1. I just want to point out just a few things here. Can I say this first off? The blessing of God comes on those that are willing to be alone in His presence. Can I, can I say this? It's hard to be alone today. Everywhere you go, you have company. I was talking, we were talking uh, the other day with a young man about how, me and my wife were just talking about how, man, dating when, in the 90s was different. You had to actually physically see someone and, and like, talk to them. And, like, now you've got, like, I don't know, millions of people you can connect with at the drop of a hat. And so you're never really alone. And yet, in that, in that place of, of always feeling connected, you're oftentimes alone, but in the wrong way. Because you're alone in self-pity, and you're alone in doubt, and you're alone in, in a lack of confidence. You're alone in all the areas that God doesn't want you to be alone in. But what God does want to see is that you're willing to be alone for his sake. Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, look if you would, at verse number 28. Luke chapter 1, verse number 28. The angel said it came in under her. Nobody else is there. And said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with who? He's with you. L listen, can I, can I say it like this? Elijah the Bible says in James, he's a man subject to like passions uh, as are we. And, and the Bible says he experiences the fire and, and the earthquake and the wind. And, and even though wind in the Bible is a picture of the Holy Spirit, uh, and we want God to move some things in our life, and there's the earthquake and, and there's the fire, and the, we look at that and go, that's the blessing of God. God wasn't in any of those things. You know what God was in? A still, small voice. Can you hear it? Are you ever alone enough to hear it? I want God to bless me. You know, I think God wants to. And I don't mean that in the Joel Osteen. God just wants to bless you. I don't mean it in that way, like God wants to give you a car and a house. and all. God takes care of us good, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Lord wants to show, he wants to do things in your life. God says to Moses, I'll go with you. Where's Moses at when God talks to him? How about the backside of the desert? God says to Abraham, I'll bless you. You know where that's at? Hey, let's leave your father's house. I, I know some people, some of you in here, you know what you've experienced? You've experienced family. Some of them have even gotten saved. But then as you continue to grow in your walk with God, you come to a place where even though they're saved, they don't want to go any further. And it's like, okay, well, I'll just see you. And you know what you start doing? You start doubting whether this is really the right thing to do. Can I say any step in the direction of the Lord is the right thing whether anybody else goes with you or not? Mary's all by herself. There's no one else there. I mean, think about this. God doesn't show up to Zachariah and Elizabeth at the same time. He shows up to Zacharias. 
he doesn't show up to Mary and Joseph at the same time. Now, now thankfully, the Lord runs interception and talks to Joseph. We know that from Matthew, but, but he doesn't start there. He starts with Mary. You say, why? God is an individual God that wants to speak to you personally, and he wants to know, are you willing to be alone long enough to hear from me? I, I want you in my, I want to be in the presence of God, and I, I want to hear from God. Fine, you can't be in his presence, and everybody else is at the same time. God bless Jacob when he's by himself. You say, why? Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. Take time to be holy. Let him be thy guide. Run not before him, whatever be tied. Enjoy her in sorrow. Still follow the Lord. And looking to Jesus, still trust in his word. You know, I think one of the mistakes that people make around the presence of God and the idea of God being with them is they look to a person or some physical thing and go, yeah, that's God. You know, I think sometimes, you know what the Lord does? He allows everything to be stripped away so that you no longer look at a thing or a person and go, that's God in my life. You can just go, I'm content with just being alone and God in my life. And nothing else and nobody else but I have God. Can, can I remind you in the Old Testament, the Bible says the children of Israel it's talking about the Ark of the Covenant. They're going to fight the Philistines. And the Ark comes into the camp, and they're shouting in excitement. Ah, ah. You know what they said? It will save us. No, it won't. Because it can't save. Only he can save. You know why I'm convinced sometimes God says, I'm going to put you in a place where you have got nothing else Think about this. A young woman engaged. We've got some people getting ready to be engaged. Say, who are they? I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not spilling the beans. Figure it out yourself. All right? But, but they're engaged. And so here you've got this couple that's getting ready to embark on one of the most important decisions of their life. And all of a sudden, she's going to show up and say, hey, so I need to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. Joseph's a good man. He handled it about as best as anyone would have. He says, I'm going to put you away because I don't, I don't know what this is. I'll do it privately. I'm not going to make an example of you. You won't be stoned, but I, I can't. I don't know what this. You know how lonely that would be? God did that to her. You want the blessing of God? Oh, yeah, I want God's blessing. You sure? You know what she says? God hath done great things unto me. And when she says that, she doesn't even completely understand everything she's saying. See, the blessing of God is not sunshine, lollipops, and <laughs> rainbows, and every. It's not like, oh man, everyone loves me, and 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 things are just perfect. No, you know what it might mean, being alone. I, I'm gonna tell you right now. We're not made, listen to me very carefully, we're not made to be alone all the time. Right. It is not good for the man that he should be alone. He shall burn the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> it is not good for him to be alone. Amen. All right? He will kill one of thy own children. All right? <laughs> it is not good for the man to be alone. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, you need time alone. And there are certain seasons you realize some of you are some of you come into church and you're like, mm, mm, get excited. And sometimes you come into church and it's kind of like, I've watched it. Hey, bro, how you doing? <laughs> Fine. You know, Brother Sean, nuclear holocaust out there. Hey! <laughs> you know, I think of Miss Cindy, you know. I, I think, if, you know, you, she could be, have her broken legs, be on crutches or a walker or whatever else. I'm doing just fine. The Lord's been so good to me. <laughs> um, and then there's others. Listen, sometimes you come to church and I just see on your face just tears. 
You say, you know what, some of those, those periods of, of, of tears and grief, you know what that is? Being alone. None of us like to be alone. Let's be honest. Some of you think preachers want to offend everybody. Yeah, we get a real kick out of it. Not normal people. <laughs> if you're a psychopath, maybe, but like, <laughs> I, I want to have friends. I know there are things that I say that make people not want to be my friend. But you know what I've had to come to grips with? At night, when I look at myself in the mirror, I want him to be my friend. Lord, I want your blessing. Okay, let me just kind of pull you aside over here. Let me put you in a place that no one else is going to understand, and you're going to be alone. You you know what Peter needed after he went a-fishing? He needed the Lord to show up. You know when Mary went to the tomb? You know when there was joy in her life, when she realized it was the Lord that was there? after the agony of death, the bitterness of betrayal, the the feeling of failure, all those emotions. Think about all the emotions the disciples would have had. Judas was one of us. He betrayed us. They're laughing at us. Our our leader is gone. They they killed him. Uh, I messed up. I denied him. If I'm All those feelings in one room. You know when they're glad again? When the Lord shows up. You know what he did? He kind of isolated them from the rest of society to the place where they're going, all we have is each other and we hope God shows up. You say, what is that? Being alone. None of us like it, but sometimes it's what God used. It's what he used for Mary. Can I ask you a question? Are you okay being alone for the sake of knowing he's with you? Jesus says, Lord, I'm with you always, even always in the end of the world. I love my, my dad. used to sing, Psalm, how did it go? Some through the fire, some through the flood, some through the sorrow, but all through the blood. I used to love hearing my dad sing that. And before my dad, listen, listen, I'm telling my dad, he doesn't smoke anymore. Remember on the way to church, some through the water. <laughs> you say, why are you laughing? At least he kept going to church, man. <laughs> Gave him the shot to get the thing figured out. But I remember sitting in the back, <laughs> I'm going through some fire right now, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I think about those two elements, fire and water, and you see the, the Hebrew boys, and you know what they are? They're isolated, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and why can't you just be like everybody else and just get along and shut up and bow down, and they don't do it, and they're by themselves, and they go in that fire with great confidence. You know why they go in that fire with confidence? There's a fourth man in that fire people of Israel, God calls them to come out through the Red Sea. And they're walking through the, what are they walking through? The water. Those disciples are on a boat one day and Jesus Christ is praying in Matthew 14 and they cry out for fear because they suppose they had seen a spirit and they see this person walking on water. Eh, give you a couple guesses as to who it is and, and they cry out. You know, what that, that, you know what happens in that story? When Jesus gets to the boat, the wind ceases. What are you getting at? Sometimes God brings you alone to show you he's with you. Because when you're surrounded by everything else that you find comfort in, you rely on that too heavily. And that becomes your God. So some relationships might be severed. Some friendships may not be what they used to be. Some family get-togethers at the holidays might be different. I'm not saying, look, you are not, let me get this out of the way right now. You are not in a place that tells you when you get saved, turn your back on all your family. Here, we've got some Kool-Aid for you. (laughs) Come with us. No, that's not where you're at. Go speak to your family. Love on them. Pray for them. Lead them to Christ. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's some family gatherings that some people won't invite me to. You know? You say, why? The Lord... I'll say it this way very carefully, strategically. The fullness of the presence of God would not go with me. Oh, he's with you forever. You can't ever lose him. Yeah, I want the fullness of his presence, though. There are times where she's talking, I'm there, I'm not there. And like 30 seconds later, are you hearing anything that I said? And I don't know, ladies, can I just be honest with you? When you ask that question, you already know the answer. Are you hearing any? When you start doing this, he answers no. He hasn't heard anything. He lost you way, way, way back there. All right? Sometimes we're in the same room, but we're not there. 
You know, when you've got the kids and, oh, mom, what about this? Mom, did you pack this? Mom, you know, and, and where's my Bible? You're 21 years old. I know, but I left it on the counter and it's not there anymore. Okay, well, pray that God finds it for you. I don't know where your Bible is, all right? You know, and, and hey, do we have this? Can we go to the grocery store? I've already taken three trips to the store. We don't need anything else. Yeah, but I'm missing this one thing. Stop it! <laughs> Let me just tell you, in those moments, we're in the same room, okay? Oh, I wasn't talking about Ariana. I don't <laughs> Just a random whoever is 21 that fits the bill. Uh, can I say with all that going on, me and my wife are sometimes in the same room, but we're not paying any attention to each other. <laughs> All right? You know what we need sometimes? Leave us alone. <laughs> we need to talk. Why? So we can discover we still like each other. <laughs> and we're not just butlers and servants of you children that are sucking the life out of us. Do <laughs> you know what the Lord? you know what the Lord wants to do in your life? He wants to bring you aside. So he can tell you, you're blessed. I'm here. Secondly, can I say this? The blessing of God comes with trouble. I kind of touched on this last week, but can I, can I just point out that immediately, look at verse 29, Luke chapter 1, verse 29. <laughs> I love how these angels come. <laughs> like if some dude that you don't know shows up and he's like, like brighter than a Christmas tree, you know, and, and, and he talks with a, you know, deep voice as you can imagine. I'm sorry, I don't imagine an angel says, Mama saying tenor. I don't, I don't see an angel like showing up and talking like that, you know. I, I see an angel not like, hey, Mickey Mouse. I don't think, I don't think that's how the angel <laughs> shows up. I think the angel sounds like a man. Right. And here's this woman by herself and a man shows up and she's not known a man intimately. We know that from the passage. And so here this guy shows up in her quarters and it's like, what do I do now? And I love how every time an angel shows up, they're like, fear not. Like, I'm very afraid. <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Fear not. But look at verse number 29. And when she saw him, she was what? She was troubled. You know, sometimes the words of God can be a little troublesome. Sometimes when God shows up, it can trouble you a little bit. You know, she's going to have social trouble. Everywhere she goes, they're going to talk about her. Well, she says this is what happened. And ladies, let me tell you, if you come up with that same story, we're not believing you. It only happened once, right. all right? Well, she says this is what happened, but I don't know. And it, it, I could just see her at, you know, the pickup line, you know, at the school, you know, all the moms are gathered over there, and they're talking about Mary. Or if you're homeschooled, sorry, homeschool is co-op. You go to the co-op, and, and all the moms are talking, and there's Mary, and everyone's like, well, there's, there's that son. They said this is how he was born, but I don't know. That's going to be social trouble. How about financial trouble? Do you ever think about this? Uh, they're in Bethlehem uh, probably longer than they want to be. You know, they're not from there. They're from Nazareth. You ever, you ever think about how much money it would have taken? There's no stimulus checks from the government, no debit cards, no, no direct deposit. It's like, if you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. And, and, and here they are leaving Nazareth. It takes a lot of money to go down to Bethlehem, and they're there, and they're strapped, and they're broke. Don't you tell me for a moment that there wasn't trouble between their marriage as a result of this situation. Here she is, and, and, and Joseph's doing the best he can, and the angel comes in and tells him what he tells him, and Joseph goes, okay, Lord, I'll go along with it. And so Joseph brings her. Can you imagine taking your wife on a donkey, camel, whatever? It wasn't a car with air conditioning and heat, I can tell you that. And you drop your nine-month pregnant wife on some beast of bourbon. Uh, burden. You don't think at some moment she's not going to have some words for you? Could you have gotten a better animal? <laughs> What's well, all we can afford? That's what you always say, Joseph. <laughs> it's all we can afford. Can, can we please stop in the next? Can we please? I just need a latte. There are no lattes. <laughs> Why do we take this route? This is the only route I knew of. Did you even map it out? Did you even look it up? I didn't look it up. Maybe because you were yelling about something else that was wrong with you. I can't take. I can't take you. And they're silent for another hour. <laughs> you don't see that stuff. You're like. Away in a manger. <laughs> and like there's Mary, you know, and she's like got her makeup on, whatever. And, and there's Joseph and, you know, you know, like this. Do you realize the stress that would have put people under? Like if I'm the guy, I'm like, I don't even know why I'm on this trip. This is God's fault. I did, that kid's not even mine. <laughs> you don't think that stuff ever happened between them? 
You're not living in reality. The Bible doesn't record it because thank God he's record all of our faults. But I guarantee you those conversations took place. You say, what was it? Trouble. Who brought the trouble in your life? Well, ever since Jesus came in my life, I've had some trouble. But it's the right kind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of you have had trouble with prodigal sons, prodigal children. They walk away from God. They never had that trouble. But you know what Mary did have? Having to watch her son be stripped of his clothes and beaten and made a show of openly. The Bible says a sword would pierce through her side as well. You know what a mom, you know what no parents should ever have to go through watching their child suffer? And there she is watching her child suffer. You say, what is that? There's your child suffering. (laughs) Amen. No parent should have to go through it, and there she is watching it. You say, was it trouble? In my mind, (laughs) I see Jesus as a little boy running through the house, leaving a door open. Because, you know, that's not a sin. To leave a door open, you know? It's annoying as a parent, but it's not a sin. And I can see him run through the house, leaving the door open. And Joseph's like, were you bored in a... And Jesus is like, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Listen, th- this was not meant to be easy. But it was meant to be a blessing. You see, what she went through would bring a blessing to all of mankind. Someone had to be that vessel. You know, Corey Tenboom says this, there's no panic in heaven. God has no problems, only plans. You know the problem is with us? We don't always know what those plans are. Can I say this? The blessing of God means moving forward without always understanding everything. Look at Luke chapter 1, look if you would at verse 34. And her first question is, how shall this be? Look at verse 38. How do you go from how shall this be to beat unto me according to thy word? You know what you have to learn to do? You know what Mary learned to do? Look at verse 45. And blessed is she that believed. You know what Mary had to do? Mary had to live beyond, listen to me carefully, she had to live beyond her feelings. She had to live outside. Of, I have literally talked to Christians and I, well, the Bible says, yeah, I know, I know. It's, you're right, you're right, Pastor. But it's just, I feel, it's like, I, I know how you feel. I'm not dismissing it, but, but the, the Bible says, and God says, yeah, but I, I feel, listen, you've got to get beyond that or you never experience the blessing of God. You've got to get beyond living by your feelings. Let me tell you something. Now. There are things that I feel at 11 o'clock at night when I'm really tired that I don't feel at 5.30 a.m. when I got my cup of coffee and my six hours of rest. There are things that feel different from one day to the next, let alone eternity. Christians, you've got to get beyond. Listen, the Bible says over there, uh, Jacob and Esau, that situation, what is it that Isaac did? He heard the voice of Jacob, and he said, it is Jacob's voice, but he put his hand out, and he goes, but how does it feel? And that is what deceived him, was him going by his feeling rather than going by what he knew was right. Christian, can I just say this? If you're ever going to experience the blessing of God, you've got to move forward when you don't have every single detail of the plan. You know what the Lord did? He gave 12 disciples and he put them as men. 12 disciples were men. Can we agree on that? They didn't identify as men. They were actually men. Okay? Now, we got four books in the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If the disciples were women, these books... No, I'm not trying to be funny, but you know how many times the, the Lord goes, understand us though? Dost thou understand? They're like, yes, Lord. <laughs> he didn't understand. <laughs> Men don't like to ask questions. And this is true. Sure. Men don't, yeah, okay. Amen. I'd start this job. Well, uh, I don't know when the start date is, but I, I said yes. Amen. Well, what does it pay? I don't know. Amen. And, and what's training like? And do you get the offer? I don't know, but I got this job. Listen, if, the, if it would have been if the disciples had been women, the Lord would have been like, okay, well, let me tell you, I'm going to destroy the temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. They're going, uh, Lord, is that a literal temple? Oh, Lord, is that a physical? Lord, is that a spiritual temple? Lord, is that an eternal temple? Which temple are you referring to? The disciples are like, okay. <laughs> now, that's funny, but you know what the reality is, is people, 
as people. You know what we want? We want God to give us everything up front. You can't handle it, number one. Number two, if he gave you everything up front, you wouldn't need faith. And you wouldn't know him. See, the blessing's not just getting to the destination. It's, it's getting to know him along the way. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, when I, when I think about responding by faith, you know what I think about? I think about two men. I think about David and Saul. I think about that. The Bible talks about David when Absalom turns on him. And, he, and the Bible says that David says, if I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again. That's faith. I mean, honestly, if my son turns on me, and I can take him, I'm taking him out. Keep the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> my sons are like, take, don't take dad out. <laughs> Obey dad. <laughs> but you, you, know, you know what ends up happening with Saul? Saul gets threatened a little bit, and rather than responding by faith, you know what he does? He goes and says, how come no one feels sorry for me? True story. That's literally the words he uses. No one's sorry for me. And there's this guy, Doeg, the Edomite. You know what he ends up doing? Killing a bunch of priests. Innocent people die because Saul's inability to walk by faith. You understand when you're, this is the same reason why when Peter's in the garden, he pulls out that sword and guy's ear comes off. Why? Walking by sight instead of by faith. I want the blessing of God. Let me just say, blessing of God is not like, okay, step one, step two, step three. You know what God does? Listen, Paul, who ends up writing half the New Testament, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Okay, uh, go to this place. You're going to find this guy, Ananias. He'll help you out. Yeah, but what about next? And what about after that? And what about after that? How about I'll just show you every day? Isn't variety the spice of life? How about you learn to live by faith? See, I want God's blessing, okay? Take the next step. Yeah, but what if, okay, you're not going to get it if you don't learn to say, Lord, show me what he's already shown me. I'm going to respond to the truth I've already been given. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. They didn't understand. Mary and Joseph didn't understand everything the Lord was doing at that time. You know, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful Joseph responded the right way in the, to that dream. I'm thankful that he responded by taking Mary where she was supposed to go and taking him, taking her for his wife. I'm thankful he responded the way. I'm thankful that she responded the right way. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Look if you would at verse 1. Now, faith is the what? It's not made up. It's not like, oh, I just had these feelings and it was faith. It's not a Hallmark movie. It's not a Disney movie. It's not, you know, minus the queer stuff and Disney stuff anymore. Uh, it's not any of that stuff. It's, oh, he's that queer. Oh, I could say a lot worse. I'm trying to be nice. Listen, th- it's not about that. You know what it's about? It's about saying, you know what, Lord? I'm taking a step. How much I believe in you. Yeah, but what about, yeah. See, the substance is not in you or the circumstance. The substance is in God. That's what you keep missing. The substance is, is in this thing, or it's in this thing. No, it's not in the situation or the event. It's in God himself. <laughs> Look, if you would, at verse number three. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The visible, listen to me, is interpreted by the invisible, not the other way around. Right. Uh, Cain uh, and Abel, we know that story. Abel, in verse four, offers up a more excellent sacrifice to God. In verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated. But, but it wasn't like faith. Uh, Enoch was like, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. And he's trying to conjure himself into translation. He was just walking with God by faith every day. God did the translation. You can't make yourself go where God wants. You can't make yourself become what God wants you to be. He does that work. It's your job to walk with him by faith. You say, why? Because in verse 6, we're reminded... Hebrews eleven six without faith, it's impossible to please God. Can I just say this, Christian? Your need to control runs opposite of your faith in God's plan for your life. 
You know what control is? It's an illusion. I've met people that literally, like, you know, if this is your thing, I'm not trying to make fun of you. But like, when you wear a certain pair of socks, it doesn't make the team play any better. Yeah. Yeah. Man, baseball players, I'm not trying to pick on baseball players. They're the worst. Like, I haven't washed this underwear in five weeks. We keep winning. You're, you're not winning in every area of your life, pal. <laughs> so, like, you, you, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is this idea that I can control everything. We laugh at that. But then you try to control your life. You try to control. You say, what is that? Lack of faith. And you're not. You, you, a Christian that does that lives a frustrated, bitter life. Because you know what? You're, you can't just enjoy it. You can't just say, be it unto me according to thy word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. word of God. Let me give you this in closing. The blessing of God is not temporary. It's eternal. Go back to Luke chapter 1. The Lord tells Joseph, fear not, Joseph. He tells Mary, fear not, Mary. He tells Zacharias, fear not, Zacharias. Why? Because the natural response to God's words and God's direction at times is fear. Why? Because I can't control it, and I want to control everything. And the Lord says, the sooner you learn to go, listen, we've got horses. Let me tell you right now, horses will do this thing when you get them in a corner, and they'll start yanking on that lead rope, and they'll do this kind of number, and what they don't realize is you're there to help them. You're trying to, can I get a witness, Bella? Oh, man, there were some times Bella come in crying. Ah, I tried to do this, and the horse did this, and cut her leg. Stupid horses, I mean, they're amazing creatures, but they're also very dumb sometimes. And I look at what they do. Sometimes I'm like, that's me. The Lord's got the lead rope. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, a horse, will, this, is, this doesn't make any sense. A horse will run into battle where bombs are going off, and then a plastic bag floats by. Ah! And they cut their leg, and they, they got, the vet bills me 500 bucks, you know. Just stupid. You say, what is that? That's us. We're not afraid of the right things. It tells them, fear not, fear not, fear not. You say, why? It takes faith. Let me say this in closing. Luke chapter 1, look if you would at verse 33. How long would Jesus Christ reign be forever? Is that not what it says? How many years? Well, he only had 33 and a half down here the first time. Next time he comes back, he's going to reign. Look at verse 33. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Anybody ever heard, uh, I forget the name of the old black preacher, but he, he quoted, he, uh, He's the one that uh, preached the message, that's my king. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. At the other thing, it was forever and ever and ever and ever. And when you get through them, there's more evers after that. Man, I can't wait for eternity. Can, can, I, can I say the blessing wasn't meant to be temporary? Stuff down here is. But what God does in your life can last forever. Look, if you would, at verse number 49. He that is mighty hath done to me great things. Look at verse 50. His mercies on them that fear him from what? Generation to generation. You know what I'm pretty sure we're not going to have in heaven? Complaining. No complaints. No complaints. You know what Mary says in verse 46 and 47? My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Why? Because she got a hold of something that was eternal. Christian, the Bible says in the book of Acts, talking about Jesus Christ, it is more blessed to give than receive. You can't pour out onto this world something that will get them beyond this life if all you're doing is spending your time in the same stuff. You've got to get into the eternal. You know what church is all about? Reminding you that the taxes and the bills and the flat tires and the health problems and I got down, you know, to get something off the ground. I couldn't get back up, you know, and this problem and that problem. That's not all there is to this life. There's more to your soul. One day, 
Mary would watch her greatest blessing hang on a cross because of you, because of your sin. But I'm thankful that's not where the story ends. One day, she would see him come out of the tomb. Now look, let's be honest. Every parent, when your kid is like, duh, 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 look, he's saying mama. <laughs> you know? Or the kid like, you know, does something, you know, they, they, they laughed at something you did. Oh, I've never seen a kid this smart. You know? They're just the most amazing child ever. And those that haven't had children yet, just wait. <laughs> You're going to be that obnoxious parent at some point as well. You're going to think your kid's the best. But can I tell you, when he came out of the grave, you know what she said? That's my boy. Amen. You say, what was it? She had to go through the bitter Mary to experience the blessing that would last forever and ever and ever. My question this morning is, do you want a blessing? Are you seeking one from the Lord? Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we come to you now.